0: Hey, mother... Good Trash Genre Cast. Listen to me! You look like a... What? Radioactive can. wasn't supposed to be like a... Banana with a yeast
1: impression. How did I come to this? Not again. I played Richard III. Five curtain calls. There were five curtain calls. I was an actor
2: once. Look at me! I can't go out there, and I won't say that stupid line one more turn. i got i got shorts every fucking color i got designer t-shirt who cares about the five day dance chip i do i
1: ordered your corsage it's an orchid it was like twelve dollars
2: if it means anything now i am so sorry
1: Joker
3: so do you have any regrets Hello everybody and welcome again to the Good Trash Genre Cast where a bunch of people gather around a table and we talk about the film that you'll never discuss in a film studies course but we want to apply that sort of analysis to it anyway. Before I get any further we do make an announcement about this week's show.
4: This week's show is sponsored by Julie Bohannon who lovingly donated some money so that we could have some new equipment. Thanks mom you're the best.
3: Yes, indeed. Thank you very, very much, Mama Bohannon. Uh, we all love and appreciate you very, very much.
0: This Does your mom know how podcasts work? Huh,
4: like, uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's the what's the over under on her ever actually hearing this?
4: Um. Well, I mean, if I tell her, "Hey, she's prob- this is the episode that you're you know shouted outed in," mm-hmm. she probably would listen
3: okay. to the part of
0: it to
4: the person. Out. Yeah, to the that okay. part.
0: Just curious.
4: Yeah, I don't hey.
0: know. Thanks, Alex's mom. That was real nice of you. We need a new mic cable. Way to, way to be a champ.
3: This week's film, dear listener, is Predator, a documentary about the dangers of social media. And uh, we'll be expressing <laughs> and exploring <laughs> oh, more of that man. here in just a little bit uh, and uh, whatnot. For Narrated you. by Chris Haynes. <gasps> yes! <laughs> uh, but before we get any further, we need to introduce the disembodied voices around you. You've already heard her voice, but now she can identify herself. Ma'am, if you would.
4: This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus like me, Alexander Bohannon.
3: (laughs) Outstanding. (laughs) Thank you very much. uh, Sir, to my right, if you would.
5: I am Arthur Gordon, and if it screens, we can podcast it.
3: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, well done. Uh, To the extreme right, if you would, sir. My name is Dalton Stewart, and I ain't got time to tweet. My name is Dustin Sells, and I do hope you stick around to the end of this podcast and hear every bit of our analysis, because uh, we're doing Predator, and it's just going to be lots and lots of fun. We've not done Arnold in a little while, and we love, love, love to spend some time with the Governor doing his cinematic masterpieces. This is our
0: fourth Feature starring Arnold Schwarzenegger,
3: correct? Is it four or three?
0: Four. Yeah,
3: if you last T2. Stand, last Terminator stand. 2. Total uh, Recall. Total,
5: Total recall. recall. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Has, he is, I believe, tied with Kurt Russell, or has pulled ahead of Kurt Russell by one film as being our mascot actor.
0: What has Kurt Russell done other than, did we do, what Kurt Russell movie did we do other than It and Big Trouble in Little China?
5: Thing, Big Trouble, Stargate, it. Death I meant, Proof. I was about to be like,
0: we did oh, It? Death Proof. I forgot oh, right about oh. that. I meant Thing and said It for some reason. Six I one away, Have a dozen the other. Pronouns. <laughs> So they're tied. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, if there there are two good trash, like... Icons? Icon, like, mascot actors, it's got to be Kurt
3: Russell and Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah, if we were to construct a uh, good trash actor's Mount Rushmore certainly those two would make their way there. That's maybe a possible future game, but let's uh, move on. and uh, see Sigourney Weaver being
0: up there, too. And get Ooh, on yeah. to do
3: what we're doing here today, which is uh, we're going to have to give our quick thumbs up, thumbs down reviews, and then move on into the analysis we're bringing. We want to warn you, dear listener, this is not a review show, so there will be spoilers. After we get through the synopsis and these thumbs up, thumb down reviews, we will spoil the end, and you will know the secrets to protect yourself on Facebook from stalkers. So uh, be aware uh, about all of That information. So let's begin, though, with a synopsis from the voice of the cinema, Mr. Arthur Gordon. If you would,
1: sir. A team of commandos on a mission in Central American jungle find themselves hunted by an extraterrestrial warrior.
4: They could have used predator there, you know. Yeah, they missed that opportunity.
3: Extraterrestrial predator, or even just you know the noun form as prey. I mean, they're. Find yeah, themselves they're, prey. To a predator, yeah. To Pray to, to a threat.
0: warrior. <laughs> yeah. They got real Keanu on that. I don't know why. A bit. Oh, God.
3: Keanu should have been in this movie. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Like, whoa. Well, you know that water slide scene there? I bet you he would really liked that part. Yeah, it's just, it's just like the... <laughs> this the...
1: extraterrestrial warrior is totally egregious, dude.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I was most triumphant when I discovered how the mud blocked the infrared.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if
3: it bleeds, we can totally kill it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whoa. We, we, we have lost the rails already sure. before we've gotten started. Let's, let's get our th- quick thumbs up, thumbs down reviews. Again, just a couple quick thoughts. Uh, about the film, what we like or not like about it. I ask you first, uh, the rookie, the newbie to the film, Miss Alexandra Bohannon, what say you?
4: I love this movie! It was so nice. First of all, I just wanted to say thank you for letting us watch a movie under two hours. That was pretty cool and refreshing. Um, And second of all, how can I not see um, Arnold, my man, in one of his, I'd say... Top five, if not three, like epitomizing roles. uh,
0: We've done the top three. It's this, T2, and Total Recall. Oh my gosh, we have. I think that's fair.
4: Seriously. Top three. We just got to add Kindergarten Cop and. uh, Okay, I'm teasing. That's probably top 10. Yeah, that's.
5: Kindergarten Cop's really good. I put Commando in the top five and maybe Running Man. I've never seen
0: Running Man, so I can't say. Oh, it's one of the few blind spots for me.
5: Well, and
3: I'm a minority position, position, but I really have a, a soft spot for twins. Jingle all the way? No, no. Conan? with Tw- twins.
5: <laughs> Conan, may, Conan probably is in the top five. Conan!
2: What is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear a lamentation of the women. That is good. That is good.
4: Anyway, but I really love this movie. It was, it was fantastic. Um the plot had me engaged and interested and um, yeah, there's not like a whole lot of say because I really can't nitpick too hard. Honestly, like I don't have really anything that I would change or add or subtract from this movie. The length was great. The action was in engaging. The plot was compelling. The violence was fun. I mean, and the ending was what needed to happen. Like it didn't, it didn't linger too long, and it didn't, you know, build up too slowly. It just, it was a great action movie. I'd really want to hear what Dalton says because, you know, he's the action movie aficionado. So, yeah, I just hand it back to you, boss. This is great movie.
3: Well, thank you very much, Ms. Alexander. But hey, let's just go ahead and ask Mr. Donald Stewart. What do you say? Thumbs up, thumbs down, and why? It is so, so, so good.
0: You realize that James McTiernan directed Die Hard the year after this?
4: Man, That's two amazing. for two.
0: Two for two. Two of the best action movies ever, back to back. That is amazing to me. And yes, that is not hyperbole. I think Predator is one of the best action movies ever made. Uh, Die Hard is probably better, actually, to be perfectly honest. But Predator's still up there. Um, other than a pretty clunky final fight scene, um, and I've always felt that way, it's always cooler in your head than what they were actually able to do on screen just because of the limitations of the costume. Um, but apart from that, I mean, this movie is amazing. The tension throughout is so good. I know what happens in this movie because I've seen it dozens of times, but to this day, when Arnold is standing there in the mud and the predator walks right in front of his face and you see his face go all warbly, so tense. You're so sure he's going to get spotted every time. And that is amazing. And we've already, I mean, had so much fun quoting this. Yes, there are so many great lines in this movie. Um... It'll make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaur like me. You got a nasty habit there. Uh, My girlfriend says her wife. (laughs) My girlfriend says me too. Mine's as big as a house. Like this movie is full of great lines. Some of them are not really uh, (laughs) uh, have not aged very well. uh, Particularly the uh, the sexual tyr the first half of the sexual tyrannosaur line. Some things uh, don't wear quite as well uh, thirty years on. But this movie is just so good. Um, and apparently I don't, I've always heard this. I don't know how true this anecdote is. The idea for the movie was kind of a joke. Uh, the only person that, um, Rocky Balboa hadn't fought was E.T. That's, you hear that. Yeah, I heard that. That's part of the myth of this film. I don't know if that's actually true about how it got started, but the idea of putting Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of the, the icons of eighties action cinema up against, a high-tech alien that hunts humans for sport is just genius. Like it, Again, it could have been Stallone. Uh, it could have been any 80s action star, but they picked uh, Schwarzenegger, and good, because this movie would not be the same without him. It's so great. Um, ugh, ugh, my heart will go on till the end of days for this movie. It is perfect from top to bottom. Again, with the exception of a few little clunky clunky bits towards the end, and some some lines of dialogue that haven't aged too well.
3: Well, there you go. Thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Mr. Arthur Gordon, what say you? Thumbs up, thumbs down. And uh, what would you say uh, in review of this film?
5: That's uh, definitely a thumbs up. I think it, it moves at a really solid clip, as mentioned. I, action is great. The Predator looks phenomenal. Uh, one of the best creature designs of all time, due to, thanks to Stan Winston. <sighs> Stan Winston's the man. Everything he's made still looks good. Uh and I would last thing I would say best one liners or bestest one liners. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's a good good point you're making there, sir. Yeah. Maybe the best point. It's it's super solid. I enjoyed it. Quite a bit.
3: Well done, well done. Yeah, I like the movie a whole lot as well. I it is in, in many ways a perfect action film. I think the score is brilliant. I think oh, the cast yeah. is so fantastic.
0: I forgot, yeah, the score that is t- t- yeah.
3: It is really, really good. Yeah. I mean it's 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 really shocking how good a and score is. And the one piece on of
0: this. diegetic move music is perfect. Yeah, that, a
3: little bit of little Richard is just
0: fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's just
3: yeah, it's it's super, super great, well written. that uh, they do the they do the, the thing that you have to do when you put together this team of people and they have to face a challenge. <laughs> challenge By giving them small character beats, and mm. they they really do that really really well. Of course, you know Hawkins and Poncho are probably the least developed amongst them, but there still is Hawkins a, a, definitely. There really is a real sense of who they are, though. Still, and
0: you got to keep in mind, like what nineteen eighty six release date. This is the most ethnically diverse cast I think the eighties saw. And neither black man dies first that's no. exactly
4: what I was going to say,
0: uh, both it's black men point. make it all the way to to the end. Um, the first person to die is a white guy that 's amazing and it's and then another white guy the, no this is two white guy yeah, two yeah. white guys, a foreigner I mean because arnold 's just Arnold, mm-hmm. uh, he transcends race, two black guys, a Native American and a hispanic guy like that is unheard of for the mid 1980s and they all have like lines and character as much character as anyone in this movie has but still
3: although Billy is sort of a magic minority yeah no Billy is
0: definitely a magic minority and that was one of the things I was thinking of that is kind of a problem a
3: little troubling but nonetheless like the movie very very much enough of this though guys we gotta get down to business guys it's business time and our business is analysis
0: The conditions are perfect. There's nothing good on television.
3: So we might as well do some analysis. The conditions are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and so we move into precisely that at this time. I ask you first, Mr. Dalton Stewart, what say you?
0: Uh This is going to be uh, part two of the potpourri grab bag analysis. Um, I was so blown away by how much I'd missed watching Predator that I really didn't have anything kind of strike me too hard. Uh, but the two things... Um, that really kind of resonated with me while watching this film. Uh, first of all, the Predator as a metaphor for American foreign policy in Central America in the mid-1980s. Ding! Yeah, which, again, not sure how intentional that is, uh, but looking back on you know the, the fact that these guys have been roped into this CIA black op uh, that also features Russian military advisors... Um, For those of you who have forgotten, because I feel like world history sure has, for those of you who have forgotten, because it seems like world history has, in the 1980s, uh, Central America basically had the same situation that Southeast Asia had going on in the 1960s. Now, the fact that Predator is set in Central America uh, probably just has has to do with the fact that that was the most convenient place to set uh, a film where a bunch of commandos had to go. But I really like to look at it as, you know, These uh, world powers, both the Russian advisors who we see briefly getting their asses kicked by Arnold Schwarzenegger and Friends, uh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and his team of commandos led by CIA's Carl Weathers. um, I do
3: have to interrupt you. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Friends is the uh, morning talk show I want so bad right now. Hosted
0: by him, Carl Weathers, um, and Bill Jesse Ventura. No, Jesse Ventura is not allowed on the show. (laughs) Uh, He will not leave his bunker
3: anymore. That's true. He's kind of a crazy pan. He
0: is... Absolutely, one hundred percent insane. Now, um,
4: what is it? Why he's
0: re- uh, remember last episode when we talked about conspiracy theories? Yeah, Did he believes in them? all of them. Yeah, black the helicopters, lizard. Denver, yeah, lizard people, the whole bit. It's all those chair shots to the head. What, what? Oh, was he a wrestler? Are you serious? Sorry, yeah. that's why he's Jesse yeah. the Body Ventura. Oh. That's right. You're a new wrestling fan. I'm a
4: new wrestling fan. <laughs> that's
0: right. <laughs> Anyway, this has gone on long enough because I really didn't have that much to say about it. I just find it interesting uh, that these these men representing American military might have invaded uh, this small country uh, with you know under completely saris typish reasoning, and then get hunted by an alien invader. It's pretty funny, um, you know, except for all the the wanton skinnings and um, you know sub-zero fatalities. Part two. The masculine hierarchy of getting killed in Predator. Here's my theory about Predator and who dies first. Uh, Predator exists in a universe where the only way to survive is by having the biggest dong imaginable. Uh, Obviously, Arnold survives because his dong is so big. And he's the most masculine sexual tyrannosaur that ever lived. Uh, Shane Black dies first because he doesn't have any muscles and has to wear glasses, like me, um, and reads comic books. So that's why he dies first. Exactly. He, he's the nerdy army guy, so he dies first. Who dies second? Jesse the Body Ventura, because he has to try to prove he's a sexual tyrannosaur, and uh, real gangsters don't flex nuts. They know they got him. Next, Bill Duke dies. Uh, Bill Duke is hella tough. He's just not as tough as Carl Weathers, who dies next. By the way, uh, Bill Duke played Mac. I forgot his name for a second. Moving on. Next, Poncho dies by getting shot in the head, but really he got squished uh, on the insides with a log way before that, so technically... I like to think he died uh, before Mac, played by Bill Duke. So, you know, Ponch is super cool. Not as tough as Bill Duke. Uh, and finally, the Predator dies because this is about human masculinity. You jag off, get off our planet. Um, but who, who has the least harm come to them? The lady. Because at the end of the day... A bunch of guys running around in the jungle, flexing their forearms, are going to die, and a woman inherits the earth. Life finds a way. That's right. That's my potpourri analysis. Hopefully, uh, I won't have to do this for a third week in a row next week.
3: <laughs> that's that's fain, fine and fantastic. Thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Spirit. <laughs> I like to bring it to you rapid fire sometimes. Ms. Alexander Bohannon, what analysis bring you?
4: Well, today, chaps, I'm going to... Um Talks to you about uh, the symbolism revolving around blood and sacrifice. If you look at the text of the film, these are lines set on numerous occasions. If it bleeds, we can kill it. I don't have time to bleed. Bleed him if, if he gives away the Predator's position again. And, of course, there's also just the copious amounts of blood on screen, just regardless of you know people talking about it.
3: Both red and phosphorescent.
4: Uh, yeah, which I found out was is actually made out of glow sticks and KY jelly.
0: That is correct. Correct. They had to keep stirring it and use it very quickly because it dried up
4: very fast. Makes sense. There is symbolism behind the power of blood in most cultures and religions, according to Dennis J. McCarthy's article "Symbolism in the of Blood and Sacrifice," published in the Journal of Biblical Literature. I don't know if you read this scholar. Uh, I used to mis-
3: subscribe to that. Journal.
4: Okay, well, I'm glad that it's reputable, at least. Um, According to his article, he says, uh, Blood rites are so common that the student of a religion must ask about their meaning. Is there a basic common meaning, or are there several not reducible to a single one? One common answer is to attribute a special power to blood. It is a divine, sanguinary substance which revifies the divinity and so forth gives force to rites. But that blood rites are not widespread is not enough to justify such a claim. Blood impresses the imagination. Its loss means weakness and death. It can, therefore, can be easily identified with strength. But blood also arouses fear and repulsion. It can be a sign of illness and death. Just what motive accounts for its presence in rites can be a matter of careful study in individual cases. So, the first thing to understand in Predator is what the motive is for the blood ritual as depicted in this movie. As Dalton discussed, and as I'm about to discuss, um, this is a perfectly clear discussion. Carl Weathers' character, Dylan, makes it perfectly clear that every single man who goes on this mission is an asset, an expendable asset. They are to be sacrificed to rid the world of the satanic blight to the U.S. government, which is communism. But this story grows more complex once the predator shows up. The expendable sacrifices are now unintentional sacrifices to a mad being out of control who gains strength from the hunt. However, this predator experiences the same issues surrounding blood that men do, as in human men. Its loss, again, means weakness and death. The predator's blood, again a mixture of KY and glow sticks, actually gives away its position, which causes the infamous line, if if it bleeds we can kill it, to be uttered. So if the Predator is actually a god in this analogy, oh wait, sorry. So is the Predator actually a god in this analogy because he enjoys the sacrifice of others' lives, just similar to how the pagan gods of old might have been worshipped in the very same jungle? No, I don't think so. The Predator is another victim to the buy-in of what the blood right ultimately represents. The U.S. government believes the sacrifice of men to kill communists in the forest is a worthwhile blood right. The Predator is another entity who buys into the idea that bl- violence and bloodshed can demonstrate strength. Both the Predator and the U.S. government can both forget, however, that how easily the duality can switch from predator to prey and how blood goes from strength to weakness without, with just the spilling of a few drops.
3: Very well said, Miss Alexander Bohan, and I like that reading very, very
5: much. Mr. Arthur Gordon, what say you, sir? I would like to suggest that Predator is establishing a tale about male sexuality. Furthermore, it is a story of self-discovery and latent homosexuality. Oh, my God. I hope I this mean, is for the
4: so? bicep uh, I am shaking s- scene. so
5: happy. Keep going. The movie begins with a group <laughs> of men getting off of a helicopter. It is established early on that this is a group that has traveled and have an intimate knowledge of each other as comrades and brothers in arms uh, that have traveled the countries and the globe uh, doing their best work as not mercenary mercenaries uh, who go in to just do, I guess, keep the peace type missions. Yeah, it never really says that they <laughs> We're they're... not mercenaries, but we're mercenaries. Yeah,
0: I... It... I'm still unsure if they actually work for the U.S. government or they are in fact mercenaries. They're the A-team. I'm they're pretty unclu- off the map. They're the yeah. A-team. I'm pretty unclear on that
5: point. Uh, and the same can be said for Arnold's character, Dutch, and Weathers, Dylan. Uh, there's an almost instant camaraderie as well as a hesitation on Dutch's end. You son of
0: a bitch!
1: <laughs> we had to get the best. Keep that predator jaw. You have yourself a stew, baby. <laughs> it's all in the hips.
5: The first clue to the subtext of this film is discovered uh, in this initial encounter, as uh, Alex has already talked about, as the two men take part in an impromptu mid-air arm wrestling contest, because as we all know, that's the best place to have an arm wrestling contest. Arnold is very excited by this prospect. He is uh, instantly uh, very ecstatic and happy to partake in this uh, flexing of muscles. Uh, The scene goes on for several moments, and we get several lingering shots of the two men's rippling muscles as they jockey for advantage. And this image of the oversized muscles and bulging pectorals is almost fantastical and is reminiscent of a scene where two bouncy girls in bikinis wash a car. It is both framed, shot, and edited in a similar manner. You're not wrong.
4: <laughs> I, just, I just so approve of this message.
5: I'm so happy right now. Next, we move into the team itself. Particularly, we focus on Blaine on the helicopter. Almost immediately, he proclaims the group to be a troop of, quote, Slack-jawed faggots. Ugh. End quote. Ugh, don't like it. And he then brags about his sexual prowess due to his affinity for the very male addiction of chewing tobacco, which is a very uh, masculine type of drug. Not a lot of girls I know chew tobacco. Not a lot. I know they have
0: nothing to prove, <laughs> okay. unlike so Jesse sorry. the Body Ventura, although his handlebar mustache is on point.
4: Well, and isn't also chewing tobacco? That's just like another like symbol for ejaculating i mean you, what do you do with the waste product oh, oh, you just you it. just, um, just yep. you deposit it no i'm not even talking about like using it in like an oral sex type metaphor no,
5: i know you're not But just, just like well some chewers uh, swallow
4: oh what so gross that is de-squeezing you know
0: you guys always give me crap for swearing the most on this show i don't think i've ever gotten this graphic before and i said dick hole last week
4: no Bohanna's but i use there, the I spring use breakers use well, yeah, but the thing is, is like you That's have true. to. I try and get very clinical. I don't call it a. Well, you there's know. also
0: that one time you said it tastes like a froth.
4: That never got I know. on air. I know so he's going to bleep it out right, now. i to bleep So that. I'm not. I'm going to like murder. Hopefully, I you. catch myself
5: this time and remember to bleep it. Oh my god! He's kidding.
4: I hate man, everyone on this planet. It's me and you.
5: Oh, man. Okay. This over-exaggeration serves as a homophobic cover for Blaine. Uh, He is a man's man, by God. Uh, Look at his arms. However, the editing that follows in a sequence later on in the film tell us that this moment acts as a diversion. Blaine is overcompensating. Uh, The way the scene is cut, we see Blaine having this moment uh, while intercutting with a shot of Mac, who is kind of tucked away in the back in the shadows, shaving on the helicopter just behind Blaine. This, again, doesn't mean much out of context, but later in the film we are given more. Throughout the first act, Blaine and Mac don't have much interaction, at least nothing that shows these two specifically have a close bond, any more so than the rest of the men. Yet upon Blaine's death, Mac is overcome with emotion that reveals there is much more to their relationship. Dutch seems to be in the know of this connection as he instantly tries to console Mac. The following scene reveals Mac having a uh, final moment with Blaine after his death, saying his goodbye and sharing a parting drink with his comrade, thus implying that theirs was more of a romantic partnership than a brotherhood, as they do not share this same depth of emotion with other members of the team. The lines he
3: says when he starts looking, you know, same kind of moon, same kind of night, same kind of jungle. That's not something you say to a soldier. You know, you know yeah. you're, you're, you're yeah. looking at the moon and you're thinking about memories. That's the sort of thing you say to a girlfriend. And well, to Blaine, a lover. Was, yes, yes.
4: Yeah, I got it, lover vibe from that, too. absolutely a
3: lover vibe.
5: And finally, we involve the predator. The creature often represents the duality of man. Uh, he is a primal warrior that hunts for sport while living under a coat and acts as the hide to Duchess Jekyll. Uh, throughout their interaction, we see a man coming to grips with himself and finding out who he truly is. Much of the interaction between Dutch and the Predator is close range or very romanticized. Uh, There is something heavily erotic between the two when they are near one another. By the time the two interact, Dutch has lost more of his clothing and more of his muscles are ogled for the audience. Yeah, they are. Dutch begins to become more open and naturalistic, often acting off of his instincts. His primary interest is with his brothers and the Predators. This is cemented as he doesn't give much time or thought to Anna within the film. After their initial interaction, he doesn't pay her much mind. Instead, he focuses on his men. Even at the end of the film, the normal hetero-romantic narrative is subverted. Uh, Dutch will protect her, but he doesn't see her as equal. How How could she be a formidable mate? She lacks all the attributes that the other men have, those attributes that Dutch admires greatly.
3: Excellent. I like that reading very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. The reading I want to give right now is. I want to talk a little bit about colonialism, which is going to touch on some things that Dalton has mentioned. Perfect. In, I'm so
4: glad someone's taking this reading. In in
3: terms of uh, just you know foreign policy in the 80s, and, and, and you know, I mean, throughout human history, imperial powers have oftentimes uh, staked their flags in places uh, throughout the world, and when they have done so, what they have uh, done is they have rolled over roughshod uh, a great many cultures and countries, and a great many uh, you know human beings uh, suffer in terrible ways and I, and I want to think particularly about the, ter- the the idea of the subaltern. Which is a term used in sort of literary criticism, uh, neocolonial criticism, to talk about those who are suffering from colonialism, sometimes uh, African-American characters, sometimes Asian characters, uh, sometimes uh, characters in South America, especially uh, during the uh, initial conquistador period. And so here we go. We have all these American guys who are coming right in uh, into this, this this theater of war here in Central America. And, of course, they are, as Dalton mentioned, they all have lines. They all are definitely speakers. And even though they're racially diverse, they are most certainly American. all Americans. Well,
0: even the foreigner— is American by virtue of being a foreigner? Correct. I mean, by virtue of the melting pot and whatnot.
3: And he has melted into the pot of Americanism by right? being
0: the most badass leader of a group of commandos that ever lived. And one, of the I love movies that refuse to acknowledge the fact
3: that Arnold Schwarzenegger is Austrian. By the way, yes. And one of the most key aspects to the Subaltern character, too again, this sort of objectified and abused character, is their inability to speak. Their inability. To uh, be able to utter, uh, as far as language goes, we we would definitely hear um, some Spanish coming out. And by the way, her Spanish is crazy; it's insane. I mean, I'm I'm not great at Spanish, but she's got she's she's speaking crazy, hysterical person Spanish. Well, and that's uh, and, we, and that's what I say. Good acting. What
0: she's saying is, makes no sense. Right. And yes, again, uh, she does literally say something about. Uh I mean the the demon that hunts men or whatever, mm-hmm. but everything else, yeah,
3: yeah. And the, the one she's got the one English line, but for the most part, she says very very little. And she's always being removed from power. She's not allowed to have a gun, and is told you know run away, get to the chopper. But we see, I'm sorry, a, what is she told? Run away and get to the chopper. Do what? Get to the chopper. There we go. There we go. Uh, and so over and over and over again, she is sort of silenced by. Uh, uh, the, again this the sort of colonial force that 's all around her, and and she 's put in a position as a woman and uh, as a as a central American you know sandinista or whatever she happens to be uh, you know uh, placed in such a position that she 's not allowed to speak now Enter the predator aspect of the story, and what we have is the same sort of thing a foreign uh, superior power coming to our planet and mm-hmm. doing. What they can to silence uh, a group of people, and and part of the the methodology of silencing here is slow isolation, is by the slow picking off of the individual members of the commando party, and leaving us just with Arnold. That his great moment, uh, you know, sort of facing the uh, the shaking the shackles back off of. uh, uh, of the oppression he's receiving from the Predator is uh, some sort of caveman-like, you know, uh, Neanderthal, you know, bestial scream, right? Mm-hmm. And from that point, he begins to wrestle free the chains, and he's able to sort of occasionally throw out a few one-liners, but there's very little dialogue at all in that section because what's happened to Arnie at that point, is the tables have turned and he has received a subaltern status from the Predator, who is full of language and full of words. He's always clicking and purring, and then he's also uh, co-opted the language and words of his friends, anytime, and uh, over here, and uh, you know, very, very, Mm. very, very scarily delivered lines Mm. by Bill Duke there, and uh, love that stuff, uh, and, and, and the replay loop that he uses, and of course his laugh at the end, he sort of gets... "Quote unquote," the last laugh. But then again, as Arnie leaves, he leaves in absolute silence. As does Anna. The only people talking right now are uh, the general and uh, the, the, the 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 same actor who actually played the predator, who plays the pilot there in the uh, helicopter, and they have a couple lines. Uh, but uh, Anna and uh, Dutch are totally silent. Yeah. At this point, and so what 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 happens when? Imperial powers do these sort of things, and, and this can happen at an imperial level, this can happen in a familial level, or just a societal level. There's lots of ways that this can take place. What it does is it creates a voicelessness and a powerlessness when people just take claim of area, of, of situations, of circumstances, of certain relational or uh, corporate dynamics – uh, because they just, they're just they strong enough to get away with it. What it does is it creates a silence group, but it also creates a certain amount of rage within that group and can bring about very, very destructive consequences, as it does for our Predator character. And so I think that's an important reading, uh, maybe uh, to, to think about in terms of Predator, and also perhaps just a... Uh, Good thing to take in mind uh, when we consider what's going on in the world around us. But all right, dear listener and dear co-hosts, that is it for our analysis. We now come to a point in the show where we make a verdict, we make a choice, and we select whether this is going to be shelf or trash. And we also choose our else's or instead's. I begin with you, Mr. Arthur Gordon. What say you?
5: Shelf or trash? Else. Or instead. Shelf. I think this is a quintessential action film. Uh, it's memorable, infinitely quotable, and it is a lot of fun. So definitely Shelf. <clears throat> Plus, it's only a few bucks. Uh, the Blu-ray is the ultimate Hunter edition, um, which has special features. The transfer is great. And that last uh, the last act of this movie is on point, I think. I, I think the third act is really solid. Even
0: the DVD transfer looks really good. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Uh, Elsa's all Arnold all the time. Any Arnold, uh, Die Hard, uh, like Dalton mentioned earlier, uh, Predators, uh, which is a nice sequel to this, Aliens, which I think James Cameron's Aliens, uh, not the original Alien, and the A-Team movie, which I think is is a bit of fun. Uh, I, I give Predator 45 lost limbs of Carl Weathers out of 51. <laughs> Outstanding. Thank you very
3: much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Ms. Alexandra Bohannon, what say you? Shelf or Trash, Else or Instead?
4: Definitely, Shelf. This is... Just so worthy of your shelf. I don't even care if you like Arnold, which I don't like you if you don't, but um, you should. But even if you don't, you're not a big fan, and even if you're not an action movie fan, I don't care. This movie is shelfable regardless of your interests. Anyway, um, I would give this film 95 uh Jean-Claude Van Damme's not cast as the Predator out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Very well done. Um and yeah, I'd definitely also uh recommend aliens if you want to see um more marine antics just this time in space. Um and then uh, if if you like uh Dustin's reading, maybe read Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. Because, yes. yeah, go, foraying into the Congo this time, not um, South America, and uh, meeting you know the dark hearts of men and finding the horror, as it were. So those are my picks.
3: Excellent. I like that very much, Ms. Alexander Bohannon. Mr. Dalton Stewart, what say you?
0: As so rarely happens on this uh, show, uh, I can say that Predator is one of the few films that is on my shelf. I own mm-hmm. Predator. Uh, It's one of the deluxe DVD editions. Uh, It was a gift, but it was a much happily received gift because I love this movie.
4: And don't you own uh, much, much more uh, Predator paraphernalia? I do. Uh, I also own
0: (laughs) several Predator and Alien and Alien vs. Predator comic books. Uh, And also, I used to own the first Alien vs. Predator film because uh, I was 15 and did not know how to spend my money wisely. Um but yeah, I, I love this film, and yeah, it should be on your shelf. I give it 12 sexual tyrannosaurs out of a possible 12.
3: Excellent, excellent. Thank I, you very much. I
0: think with it you should pair um, really all the sequels. Uh, Predator 2 is not good. Uh, it's a lot of fun, though. Um, Predators is really damn good and is also a lot of fun. I think Predator is easily the best of those three films, but I think it uh, all three of them are a lot of fun in their own ways. I agree with Arthur, really. Uh, James McTiernan's follow-up to this, Die Hard, is amazing. Also, Die Hard with a Vengeance is ama- amazing. Uh, I just found out James McTiernan uh, was in jail for uh, performing an illegal wiretap by way of a private investigator on someone he was in business with. Did you know this? No. Yeah, that's where James McTiernan's been since, like, the mid-2000s. Yeah, he just got out of jail. What well, makes it hard to make like movies? Like, Prison. Not yeah, jail. and that
4: makes your uh, fake tag on what this movie is about make sense. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Just> anyway,
0: <laughs> but anyway, it's um, all yeah, the work of James McTiernan—he's a very skilled action director. Uh, the work uh, of the follow-ups to this film, um, also the work of Shane Black, who played Hawkins in this film and did some uncredited rewrites. Um, he's one of the best funny action writers that ever lived. Do that. Do all of those things. And everything Arthur said I also agree with. uh, To kind of do a layup for Alex uh, in in respect to her uh, recommendation of Heart of Darkness, uh, I would recommend Spec Ops colon the line, a video game that is basically based on uh, Heart of Darkness and is probably the most interesting uh, shooter, military shooter, that's been released ever. So, yeah, go do all of those things. Uh, Predator's great, and if you don't like it, uh, I pity you. You fool.
3: There you go. Thank you very much. So
0: why is Mr. T not in this movie? That mm. seems like a really uh, a well, missed, a yeah, missed... It is game. kind of a missed opportunity yeah.
3: there. But thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Again, I'm going to say Shelf as well. I think this movie's fantastic. It's so much fun. I wore out the VHS tape uh, many, many years ago. I mean, it's just it's fantastic.
4: Oh, I'm just imagining little boy you, like, it's like, I'm going to watch Predator today, and again, again, again. (laughs) Yes,
3: again, because it's just fantastic. It's just so much fun. So, yeah, like it, like it a whole lot. Uh, There's nothing really wrong with it. I give it a rating of uh, 15 and three quarters Carl's Weathers mustaches out of a possible 17. And uh, I would recommend, as my Elsa's, you know, I guess we'll keep with this Joseph Conrad thing, which I did not intend at all. Uh, go ahead and throw a little Apocalypse Now in it while you're at it as well, uh, which is a loosely based adaptation um, by Mr. For- Francis Ford Coppola. And then I would say, if you want more Arnie, see Total Recall. If you uh, want more alien fighting commando action, see Starship Troopers. And good times will then be had by Arnie. All, But, dear listener, we'd love to hear what your recommends are, what your else's are instead, as we have expanded your syllabus, expand our syllabi as well. And uh, we would like to hear more about what you think about this film called Predator. But let's move on and talk about how you can have that conversation with us through that magical means that we all know as social media. Mr. Arthur Gordon, you anything about that?
5: Uh, Firstly, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash good trash genre cast one word. Uh, over there, Elizabeth Collins uh, commented on our selection of Independence Day uh, saying, "No way, my favorite movie Yes way Elizabeth, yes way indeed
4: It is your favorite movie i well i I, I feel weird for affirming that and uh, i 'm glad that you're doing it. no, that sounded insulting it wasn 't i 'm glad that we did your favorite movie that 's what I tried to say
3: what 's weird to me is like Elizabeth is my friend, and I actually didn 't know this at all. So really? that was the first
5: I heard of this being her favorite
3: movie.
4: Fantastic. So I'm
5: very, very pleased to have discovered it. Please listen. It. Uh, so connect with us there on Facebook. You can also find us on uh, Gmail. You can email us over at Gmail, goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also talk to us on Google+. Plus. You can add us to your circles and plus one us over there and uh, engage with dialogue there. So uh, hit us up. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon.
3: Mr. Dalton Stewart, knew anything else about social media means by which conversations might be held?
0: Ghosting us, motherfucker. I don't care who you are back in the world. You tweet my location one more time, I'll bleed you real quiet. Leave you here. Got that? Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you can find the Good Trash Cast on Twitter at good underscore trash. Well, thanks for that. Do you have any
3: uh, feedback coming in from that twitzy Twitter? Nope. All right, then. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> we keep the conversation going with our comments uh, sections at iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio and of course, the Podbean host site, which you find the Good Trash our Cast. We love that. Those ratings at iTunes are so, so helpful. So please, please go ahead and do that. And if you write a written review, we'll be sure and uh, read that out on the air. But let's move on, guys. I look upon my watch, and you know what I see? I see that it's time to play the game. Time. This week's game is uh, inspired by the upcoming Predator film. and So what we're calling this game is Predator Locations and Battlemates. That's right. Predator Locations and or Battlemates
0: we'd like to see in a Predator film. Brought to you by 1986's Predator starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. 1986's Predator starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's good for you. (laughs)
3: <laughs> and good <laughs> Thank you very much for that Mr. Dalton You're welcome <laughs> I really hope it
0: was 86 and not 87
3: uh,
4: I think it was uh,
2: We'll just go with it I think uh, it is 87 I think it is think,
5: Oh
0: shit
4: Yeah I think Isn't 86 alien?
5: 79 is alien 79 is alien Aliens,
4: Aliens is, I mean Yeah Missing an S Not important
3: Let's move right on though Dalton since you have been talking Let's keep on the talking Who are your selections for all that?
0: It's 1987 I had to check I can't believe I forgot that Um So, those of you who know things about nerd stuff know that in the early 90s, uh, Dark Horse Comics realized they had the rights to both Alien and Predator, and decided, holy shit, wouldn't it be cool if we put both of these things together and had them fight each other? And they did, and it was a really successful comic, and everyone at Fox was like, oh, we own both of these movies, which is why Dark Horse was able to do that. Why are we making a movie out of this? And once the Alien franchise ran out of steam after Alien Resurrection, that's just what they did. They made Alien vs. Predator, written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, the bad Paul Anderson. Yeah. And it sucks a big, fat butthole. Um, I'm really sorry if you've seen it. Uh, I saw it in theaters on opening day. Uh it's all I wanted out of life at the time, so I was happy because I was, like, 14 or 15, and I would loved Alien and Predator since I was a tiny child. Uh, and honestly, was just happy I got to see it in theaters because it was PG-13. Uh, now I look back and think, well, that was a real stupid thing for them to do. Uh, so, I know I've talked about this on the show before, but just... It's not going to happen. Uh, the franchise is dead, and it should probably stay dead. But in my wildest dreams, there is a good Alien versus Predator movie. Just... In my dreams. Two isn't good? No, two is equally bad. It's just more violent, um, and therefore more fun. But it's also quite bad. Uh, the concept was cool, though. Uh, they they said, what if uh, there was a predator that was basically the wolf from Pulp Fiction? Um, so that's kind of a cool idea. that's um, not a good movie. <laughs> um, really, uh, well. if you have an idea for a predator to fight something, odds are it's been done in the comics. Because they've had them go everywhere and every win. Um, I really would like them to go to the Old West. I think that would be so cool. There is a Predator comic where, uh, there's, like, the heat of the Civil War is going on and a Predator shows up. Doesn't that sound awesome? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I want to see that movie really bad. Uh, it fascinates me beyond measure. Secondly, uh, The Expendables versus Predator. Two reasons. One, Arnold can just reprise his role as Dutch. Uh, I can reveal that all along he's been Dutch. Two, uh, hopefully... Every character will get murdered the shit out of them, uh, and we'll be done with the Predator, the uh, Expendables franchise. Uh, Because after three movies, it seems like, obviously, now they have to start fighting other movie characters. That's the only way to end it. Yeah, is for Rocky Balboa to get his spine ripped out. Um, That sounds awesome. Uh, Yes, I I would pay to see that Expendables movie. I have not paid to see a single other one. In fact, I've never watched an Expendables movie, because I don't like being pandered to. Those are my picks. Outstanding.
3: Thank you very much, Mister Dolanster. Miss Alexander Bohannon, what are your picks?
4: All right. Setting: war torn Afghanistan. The consequences and the time surrounding it. Tony Stark learns up that his wec- weapon. T- <laughs> Tony Stark learns that his weapon contractees are turning up dead, and the weapons are disappearing. Therefore, the cast is the Avengers. Oh, my God. Shut up.
3: AVP. I got it. Yep. I got it right there. <laughs> then
0: Avengers versus
3: Predator.
4: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the Then the one scene that I have to see is a cameo, just a cameo of Carl Weathers shaking hands with Thor.
0: Oh, God. That, that, <laughs> is, that is
4: outstanding. Thank <laughs> you very much.
0: So funny. Uh, bait and switch. That's what just happened.
4: That's it.
3: Ms. Alexander, thank you very much, Ms. Alexander Bohannon. Mr. Arthur Gordon, what say you? In the heat of the
1: Congo, an extraterrestrial warrior is wreaking havoc, and only one man, one man with a particular set of skills is going to take him on as Liam Neeson faces the Predator. Yes!
2: Yes! A thousand times Yes!
1: Anytime, anywhere,
2: <laughs>
5: Liam Neeson versus the Predator. Taken four.
2: That, that's what I was gonna say. Is Taken four.
5: Taken- they took my daughter to space. <laughs>
4: t- t- taken four. Taken by I the don't
2: Predator. Know who you are.
4: <laughs> taken four.
2: Jungle Boogaloo.
1: <laughs> Secondly, the resourcefulness and craftiness of the Predators are put to the test as they go head to head with the Last Samurai. Tom Cruise.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is a Predator storyline where they fight samurais. Of and course and there is. And I'm pretty sure it's awesome. Height means nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, the Predators meet their greatest challenge as they enter Japan to face Gojira, the oh, king snap. of the monsters. Bless. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Godzilla versus oh Predator.
3: God. I love it. Oh, uh,
5: oh my what
4: God! What does the Predator spaceship look like? Do, do you see it ever? It's, it's in the key.
5: beginning of Predator. Yeah, it's at the
3: very beginning of the movie. You don't see much of it. You see oh. some inside of in Predator too. It's kind of uh, Geiger it's a Geiger
4: looking. I'm just imagining like they yeah. have scared look.
5: So. It's kind of like the little dog fight. Things from Independence Day. Oh, I think, okay. yeah.
2: yeah.
4: Well, I'm just imagining if it's like a larger ship, like an Independence Day-sized ship. All of no. these Predators are repelling from it onto Gajira himself.
0: <laughs> yes, and you like a, you yes. Need, I'm going to let you borrow some of my comic books. You got to write that screenplay. You're going to enjoy <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, Predator Two, Danny Glover goes into his hideout into the Predator spaceship, and there's an alien skull on the wall. Oh, and that's, that's cool. like how this whole Hub of blue started.
4: Really? Yeah. And that's in the movie. Yeah, Predator was
0: there. The guy's oh, making... Oh, yeah, at the end of it. It's at the end yeah. of Predator, uh, Predator 2. Mm-hmm. They realized, oh, hey, uh, we're a 20th Century Fox film. Let's put an alien skull on there. That'll be cool. And the Dark Horse Comics was like, that is brilliant. And they were already making Predator comic books. So, yeah. Boom. yeah.
1: That's how this whole Hubba Blue started.
4: Dang. It's so cool.
1: This October, Jigsaw finds a new contestant <laughs> as the Predator plays the Saw game. I want to play a game.
4: Oh my gosh, that's I so sad. I
3: want to play a game. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. <laughs> oh, 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 uh, my selections are cinematic in that uh, they're, they're sort of genre mashups, and I'm going to go ahead and cast them with actors from their time periods uh, for that. I'd like to see the Predator come to the heat of Los Angeles circa 1940 versus Humphrey Bogart... James Cagney and one Edward G. Robinson, Tommy guns. Machine yeah, Gun. see, yeah. yeah see, yeah, you see, here you thought you could kill me, did you see? He's got like- infrared vision
4: <laughs> Giant cockroach thing. Yeah.
5: <laughs>
0: By the way, I don't want to lose any of my nerd cred. Alien vs. Predator came before Predator two. I was wrong. Predator two is giving shout out to the comic books. Right, my bad. I've got my dates mixed up.
5: Nerd badge in check.
0: Yeah, I had to. Uh, I had to. Uh, Correct myself before the internet did because yeah, I'm about to Because that, that would
4: have totally happened. Yes, it would
0: have. Yes. So it don't do it.
3: I got it, internet. Uh finally, um, my other movie idea is Enter the Predator, which is going to be set in 60s oh. Hong Kong, oh. Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, oh. Oh. sammo Hung versus the Predator. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Crouching Tiger, oh. Hidden predator.
0: Oh. oh god, I'm hyperventilating. Oh. <laughs> Oh, this is the big one. This is it. (laughs) This is it. I'm coming home, Doris. Doris? Oh, God.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Predators and Kung Fu. Two men
1: discover who they truly are in Ang Lee's Brokeback Predator. (laughs) Yes! There is
0: a really great great robot chicken sketch. <laughs> uh, I think it's like singled out or something like that, and it's alien dating predator. Oh, like they go funny. on a date together. It's oh, really and Predator's super broy. <laughs>
4: of course he is. Yeah,
0: it's so funny. That's awesome.
3: Well, that was good times, folks. Dear listener, we'd love to hear your gameplay. Let's go ahead and conclude the show as we always do. With what's got us fired up this week in pop culture, Arthur Gordon, you fired up.
5: Mm, nope, still playing Arkham Knight and uh, watching The Office. That's about where I'm at. Outstanding. Thanks very much, Miss Alexander Behannon. You fired up.
4: Nope. I uh, just finished an exam last night, and uh, I've been having Gilmore Girls in the background, but now it just feels like I have to finish it. It's kind of a slog, but, you know, just got to do it. That's season seven. Cred, you know. And uh, my car is dead, so I'm also dealing with that. So I have no time to be fired, because, you know, things. <laughs>
3: totally understand that. Thank you very much, Miss Alexander. Mr. Donald are you fired up.
0: Ish. Uh, True Detective episode three aired last night. Uh, How is it? I've officially seen all three episodes that were screened for critics um, who have been kind of hard on it. I think it was really good. I've been pretty happy with these first three episodes. If you want to hear more of my thoughts in detail, you can hear me on the cast Beyond Carcosa with Caleb Masters. Uh, that's over We've at We'veGotThisCovered.com. I'm uh, doing a weekly uh, recap, review, et cetera, with Caleb Masters over True Detective this season. I uh, started watching The Brink, also on HBO, starring Jack Black and Tim Robbins. It is so funny.
4: I've been wanting to watch that.
0: I love it. It's hilarious. I've Keep- also,
4: oh, sorry, please continue what you're saying. No, go
0: ahead. You've already interrupted me.
4: Another HBO, uh, two more HBO things. One is... Uh, oh, you
0: are fired up now. That's exciting.
4: Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be fired up. No, go ahead. What's up? All right. Well, I want to see... I haven't seen yet, but I want to see Ballers starring The Rock, Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock, The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Um, I do want to see that where Dwayne, he's an ex-football star and now he's like a manager. And he's it a financial manager. I saw cool. the first episode. Is, um, it, is it okay?
0: It starts off and you can tell that it's from the people that brought us Entourage. And by the end of the second episode, you're like, okay, this might be interesting. And okay. I've just never gotten around to watching any more of it. And then
4: I finish with Heath. We binge-watched Silicon Valley's first season. It's so good. It is very good. It's like Workaholics, but smarter and way funnier.
0: It's so good. It's incredible. Yeah, two.
4: that is so good. We Heath and I both saw uh, Middle Ditch and... um. I can't remember the other guy's name. The guy name. that plays Jing Yang. Yeah, yeah. Pl- um, doing stand-up comedy in Norman last week, so it's pretty cool. Anyway, all right. So I've, I've been so morose that I forgot I was fired up, but for a moment. So please continue.
0: Finally, um, the trailer for Creed has been released. This is the... Continuation, I guess, of the Rocky franchise about Apollo Creed's son. It's relevant because we're talking Carl Weathers starring Michael B. Jordan as Apollo Creed Jr. Uh, I don't think that's his name. Um, It better be. It's a great trailer. It is an amazing trailer, and Rocky does not show up till over halfway through the trailer. So I think they're being like, yes, this is definitely connected to this other franchise. This is a movie about Michael B. Jordan, first and foremost. And any movie that's primarily about Michael B. Jordan is a good start to a movie, because Michael B. Jordan is amazing. And also, and also, it re-teams him with uh, Avon Barksdale from The Wire, re-teaming um, Avon and Wallace from The Wire. So happy. That's it.
3: I'm done. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mr. Donaldson. I'm only fired about a single thing. I got a chance to take out Terminator Genesis. And that's nothing wrong with it. All right. Nothing wrong with it. I'll at take all. it. It's a lot it, of fun.
0: Is it good?
4: Yeah. No.
3: It's, it's, it's 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 as much fun as Terminator 2 or the original Terminator. It's yeah.
5: He said, "Fun, Fun. good." He said, yeah. "Fun." It's as
3: much That's fun. The key. I mean, there, there's some muddy bits and you know, there's some wonky things here and there, but not was I was not mad about spending my money. Okay, I wasn't mad about it at all.
4: I want to see the mother of dragons be the mo- mother of terminators. I, so, I'd
3: watch it again. I did spend my money, and I don't want to pay for it again. <laughs> but I would watch it again. Okay, good to know. So, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely worth watching. It's Thank you for fun.
0: taking that bullet for me. And, I wanted. Nothing would have made me happier than for that movie to be amazing. Like, for yes. everyone to be like, this is as good as Terminator 2. Nothing would have made me happier. Um, it's not. Yeah, I know. but it, it might be as
3: good as Terminator 1. I don't know. I'm, I'm not about wild
0: that. about Terminator 1, it's to it's be perfectly
3: honest. That's fair.
5: I can back that up.
0: Yeah, yeah, but
3: they do some really cool retcon stuff with the original Terminator. That's the whole
0: reason I've been excited about and it. And that's real cool. Yeah. It's
3: real cool. So, it's Uh, a lot of
0: fun. The fact that they're just, like, selling this movie on their big twist, I think is a really strange marketing choice.
3: Especially considering they give it away in the trailer.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're marketing the movie on what's clearly supposed to be a twist in the film. And, like, it's on the poster. Right. It's on the one sheet for the fucking movie. Like, I don't... I'm not going to spoil it for you in case you somehow missed it.
4: I have somehow missed it, so no spoilerino. I won't.
0: So don't look at the tra- any more trailers. Okay. Don't look, look at the at nothing. I will look at nothing. Because they are selling this movie now on this twist. It apparently is like a pretty late in the movie twist, right? Ah. Uh.
3: It's a third in the way, yeah, probably.
0: Okay, third of the way. Okay, so that's not that late in the game. Yeah, uh, but still, I just think it's a strange choice. Anyway, it well, I'm I'm glad you liked it. That kind of makes me want to watch it now.
3: Yeah, I, I think you would not feel angry about having done so. Okay, so you cool. Know, and you would and you would enjoy. I laughed aloud more than once. And good. I was happy that I was there.
4: Six laugh tests?
3: Uh, yeah, six laugh tests. You know, so it's you know, it's a great feel good comedy of the summer. Clearly, <laughs> uh, dear listener, we'd love to hear what you are fired up about, and we'd love to hear more about that. And we want to let you know about next week's film.
5: Miss Alexander Brohannon, what are we watching?
4: Well, guys, we're gonna watch just a you know a kind of. Indie movie, I don't know if you may have heard of it It's uh, it's E.T. It's by this guy named Spielberg, I don't know Like, he's apparently famous or something
0: Three for three on alien movies For uh, our celebration of blockbusters
4: Yeah but
3: Didn't Will Smith kick his ass? Spielberg's? Maybe <laughs> No, E.T.'s, right? Oh. Is <laughs> I, I think I just saw that a minute ago Is that not true? Something
0: you want to add to this briefing, Captain Hiller? No, sir, just a little anxious to get up there and whoop E.T.'s ass,
1: that's all <laughs> And Spielberg takes the dominant lead as the director of choice at the Good Trash Genre cast.
4: Yeah, is that true? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow.
3: Well, there you go. Well, I mean, he is the Good Trash director. I think that's fair. So, dear listener, take a look at E.T., the extraterrestrial. And uh, also, just take a look at anything and have a good conversation with somebody because that's really what makes things matter and why the movies are so important. And we will see you all next time.
0: Central America was the Vietnam of
4: I am so fucking sorry.
0: You have the loudest ringtone in the world.
4: Yeah. Yeah, like how could I not have that as my ringtone?